This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt Lamarca. I'm an employee of the Action Network and Fantasy Labs, and the co host of the Laying the Points podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. I'm joined, as always, by my two co hosts. First, the other co host of the Laying the Points podcast. Currently writing for the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. Um, had a really, really good piece this week, I thought, about the Patriots and, and why they could have the answer for the enigma that has been the Chiefs offense. He is Anthony Miko, who you can find on Twitter, at Amixa. Anthony, how's everything going? Uh, it's going pretty well. I mean, we're waiting for Giants kickoff. So, I mean, love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99, polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Anything can happen basically over the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> My other co host is the host of the Bogey Free podcast. He's also been. Doing some great stuff each week over at Rotoviz. Uh, I believe it's what is it, the DK Buffet? It's called. Yep. All right. He is Matt Jones. Who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Uh, Matt, how's everything going in your world? Oh man, it's it's going. We're uh, it's I'm fired up. I'm uh, Thursday night football with the Giants, so hopefully I won't be crying into my pillow later. Um, but you never know what's going to happen, so we'll see. Yeah, you came in like a jolt of energy today, and uh, honestly, I needed it. I'm I'm feeling energized and ready to get through the show. Yeah, I'm fired up. Let's let's do this. This is a gross slate, so we gotta we have to <laughs> pretend to be excited. <laughs> All right, before we start, I just want to mention you can get a thirty percent discount to a Rotoviz subscription through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com/podcast. Uh, obviously, we are going on week six here, so. It's about time to get your yourself in gear if you are struggling in fantasy, like my one team is in my main league. Uh, I'm sitting at one and four, so I'm going to use some of these excellent articles at Rotoviz to help me try and turn my season around and salvage uh, what has been a disappointment so far. We also just launched a Patreon account. That's uh, Patreon.com/RotovizRadio. That helps support our ten weekly podcast during the NFL season. And also gets you access to a new live show, which will be airing at 11 a.m. on Sundays during the NFL season. All right, uh, let's go over some results from last week real quick. Congrats to Bear Down BJ. He won the Listener League. Uh, just went with an all-out game stack between the Chiefs and Jaguars. He played Bortles, Yeldon, Keelan Cole, and Moncrief on the Jag side and ran it back with... Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So six guys from that game. And then he rounded out his lineup with Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and the Panthers D. So he scored enough points there, even though the Chiefs and Jags didn't exactly shoot out. Um, Bortles certainly racked up enough garbage yards and, and got uh, his guys involved enough for bear down BJ to secure the win. So congrats to you. Uh, Jonesy. Also pulled off his second win in the three-man competition, making the overall results Anthony 3, Jones 2, and uh, me. Um, two less than Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really starting to get discouraged, guys. 
So you're gonna you're gonna do great. Don't worry. I think it would be in the best interest of the podcast if you just let me win this week. <laughs> Getting one on the board, I think, would just uh, it would do a lot for my morale. So I think you guys should look deep inside your souls and do the right thing. I think somehow winning with Ty Montgomery this week did a lot for my morale too. So. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. Uh, <laughs> I have in my notes that you played Ty Montgomery for some inexplic- inexplicable reason, but the rest of your lineup crushed. Uh, Zach Ertz and Adam Thielen in particular were huge. Both guys went for over 100 yards and scored. So just walk me through the process a little bit, and uh, I'm, I'm really curious in particular what put you on to Ty Montgomery. Well, I think – I think most of the rest of the plays are pretty obvious. I, I played Cup um, like pretty much everywhere, and he I, he was off to a great start and then obviously got the concussion. But Ty Montgomery, I just figured maybe the whole like MBS thing wasn't going to be a thing and I could get like some value out of him. Obviously, that didn't really come to fruition. But he was only 3,800, so he let me get up to Ertz uh, in my flex, which was huge because he scored 30 points. Yeah, Ertz was was clutch and I, i'm you know i'm mostly joking about ty montgomery i definitely see the logic for a depleted packers team and you know i'm sure that in most contests he was like a really minuscule ownership play so uh, i like i actually like the thought process there even though i'm kind of teasing you about it all right let's move on to week six we will start as always with the quarterback position it looks like the two most popular options for this week are going to be Jameis winston and matt ryan who are squaring off in Atlanta. Uh, both teams have been you know, pretty putrid defensively this season, and it leads the slate with an over-under of 57.5 points. There's only a three-point spread on the game, so there should be a lot of scoring on both sides. Uh, Amico, we'll start with you. How do you feel about these two quarterbacks going into uh, to Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I like them both. I think this game has the best chance to shoot out. Uh, both teams are top 15 in neutral pace, according to Football Outsiders. They are both top six in offensive pass DVOA, and they are both bottom five in defensive pass DVOA. So it looks like a lot of offense. Um, at, the nice thing here, I think if you're looking to play one of these guys in cash, uh, Winston is $1,000 cheaper than Matt Ryan. He comes in at just 5800 So you know, I'm sure that the benching and then playing only a half before the buy, like messed up the pricing algorithm a little bit. And that's why he's so cheap. But I think that he is the preferred cast option. And, uh, you know, Ryan obviously is going to do some good things in tournaments. I mean, he's been really good this year. You've mentioned a couple times, Matt, the Falcon offense overall has kind of returned to form from a couple years ago. And, and really, I think even last year they were very good. It was just they weren't scoring. Um, you know, they were moving the ball about the same. So I like what they're doing. I think that. Again, you can play both of these guys. I would say Winston for cash, but certainly, you know, Ryan is a is a tournament option guy. Yeah, Matt Ryan, the most expensive quarterback on the slate, which uh, is a bit surprising, you know, considering he was priced down in like the low fives at the start of the season. So, uh, you know, Tom Brady and Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers all not available on the main slate. So that's part of the reason why, but still kind of interesting to see Ryan priced up all the way at the top. Um, Jonesy, what are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Like, it's I would be I would be hard pressed to get away from Jameis and Cash. Um, obviously, Matt Ryan is a play in a GPP, but sixty eight hundred is never a price that I'm going to pay in cash. So that's where I'm at right now. Do you think people will be scared off of Jameis at all, considering you know that he he didn't look great in his return to action in the second half against the Bears, and obviously you know, what we've seen the Tampa Bay offense do early in the season was was really behind the arm of Fitzpatrick. Like, do you think people are going to be wary to play him at all, or is it going to be all systems go for Winston right away? All systems go, baby. I mean, he was really good last year, and uh, he was good in the preseason this offense. I don't think there's, like, any real red flag unless you're just, like, not a Winston guy, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of people aren't, I guess. He gets, like, unfair flack, I feel too like people just want to act like he's shit all the time but like like you said he did put up a solid year last year and i don't know like some people were talking about like is he going to get possibly benched like you can't play him in cash because he might get benched like i don't really i don't really see the odds of that happening so i'm just gonna play him anyway (laughs) yeah i i don't buy the benching thing like i mean once once he got the job back i think it's pretty much his but 
I'm certainly not a Jameis Winston guy. Like to me, he's the definition of a guy who's a better fantasy quarterback than a real life quarterback. But you know, we don't get points for real life stuff. We get points for fantasy points. So I'm with you guys. I think Winston looks really strong this weekend and you can't go wrong with Matt Ryan either. All right, let's talk other quarterbacks that we're considering. Uh, Let's start at the high end of the pricing spectrum. We've got guys like Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, um, Andy Dalton, you know, has a nice matchup against Pittsburgh. Are you looking at any of these guys in this price range? And if not, maybe some other options, you know, we'll say like 6K or above that you like. Uh, We'll start with you this time, Jonesy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always going to play golf goat in some GPPs. Love golf Uh, this week. You have to. How could you not? He's Mr. Perfect. What could what could possibly go wrong playing Jared Goff? It's so funny how that's like changed in like two years. He was such a punchline. But um yeah, I'll definitely have some Goff. Um I would say I'm probably most on Watson after that. Um I'll sprinkle in these other guys in GPPs as parts of stacks, but uh I, I would like to sort of concentrate my ownership between Goff, Watson, and Ryan as much as possible um, if I'm paying up. Yeah, I mean, Goff has just been so ridiculously good this year. I mean, obviously there's a chance that Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks don't play with their concussions, but even if they're out, I still think Goff is in a good enough system under McVay that they'll make it work with the pieces that they have. And he's projected for just 2 to 4% ownership. I don't know if that's partly due to weather concerns, but... Um, you know, I think that Goff, anytime you get an opportunity to kind of buy low on him, it's a smart idea. Uh, Amico, who are some of these high priced quarterbacks you're looking at? Well, I mean, first, I just want to make a remark on Goff. Like, the dude just is never owned. Like, he's only been on the main slate three times, but he's been 6%, 4.4%, and 3.4%. Just no one ever owns him. You know, the other two games are prime time. So, you know, he showdown, stuff like that. But, yeah, definitely not a bad play there. I'm always going to play Deshaun Watson. I, I'm just I'm at a point now where I'm just never not going to play him. He averages over 27 DraftKings points for his career, um, plus minus on labs over 10, 90.9% consistency rating. Just really stupid numbers for Watson. So I don't really think that I can get away playing him. I mean, they are huge favorites this week against Buffalo, which uh, is appropriate, and. He can just always have one of these big weeks where like he runs for a touchdown and he throws three touchdowns. So uh, continue to play him, IMO. Does the injury narrative scare you at all? No. Yeah, I mean, if he plays and he's not limited at all, it does seem like a good spot. Buffalo's defense has been pretty good, but you know we like the fact that he's a big home favorite. That's That's usually a positive for quarterbacks. And yeah, I've been harping on it all year that Deshaun Watson is just awesome. So... Uh, I'm not going to fight you there. I think I might have some interest in Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I know we don't like to play him on the road, but that's going to reduce his ownership. And we know that the guy just has a ceiling that that might be the highest in football when everything is going. You know, like when if a quarterback throws for 500 yards or five touchdowns this week, like if we were drafting all the quarterbacks in terms of their likelihood to hit one of those thresholds, I think Roethlisberger would be the first pick. So uh, I like him, you know, potentially at low ownership. The Bengals defense has been, you know, not not great against quarterbacks this year. He has a Roethlisberger as an opponent plus minus of plus 6.7. We saw Matt Ryan light them up in the dome. So uh, I think Roethlisberger could be an interesting contrarian play. Uh, Let's move down the pricing spectrum. Amico, who are some, you know, mid to low price guys you're considering? Yeah, I mean, the cheap tier is kind of like messed up because Winston's down there and he probably shouldn't be. So, you know, other than that, I I think you can definitely run it back with Blake Bortles. I don't love the Dallas matchup from a pace perspective, but you know, again, no Fournette, uh, no Corey Grant. Uh, The receivers are good. Dallas's cornerback play has been pretty good, but they still aren't that great against like pass catching running backs. So I think it's a good spot for Yeldon. And, you know, we saw last week Bortles had four picks and he's still, you know, well exceeded value because he ran for a touchdown. Like that's just kind of what he brings. And uh, I mean, you know, Baker Goat is coming up here. You know, West Coast team coming East. Uh, Chargers defense has been pitiful without Joey Bosa. And uh, Baker just put up 22 DraftKings points against Baltimore, who has the past, best pass defense in football. So at 5,500, I mean, 
if you assume that the change in defense is worth something, which I would imagine it is, like we could be talking 25 plus for Baker at 5.5K. I think that's a really good price. Yeah. I mean, I'm all in on Baker basically every week. So you don't have to sell me too hard on him. Um, Jones, what about you? Who are some of these cheaper options that are on your radar? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, definitely co-sign some Baker love. Um, interesting. The, uh, Gillespie app on Rotoviz really likes Mitch Trubisky this week, um, down at 40, uh, 5,300, which is, a, a pretty palatable price. Um, so I think I may have to sprinkle him in a little bit. Um, outside of that though, like, I don't know, it, it's just kind of gross. And I really like the three guys I mentioned that are a little bit more expensive. So I'll probably just go Jameis. Baker, a little bit of Trubisky, and then those three guys I mentioned, more expensive. I think if you want uh, two more, you know, sort of contrarian guys to consider, uh, I think Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are in an interesting spot. It's definitely not ideal from a circadian rhythm point of view. You know, these are <laughs> these are both West teams that are going to be playing in London at 1 p.m. Eastern time, but neither of these teams is particularly good on defense. The total on this game has already risen by a full point. So I think that the sharp activity likes the over here um, outside of the Patriots and, and Chiefs game, which obviously isn't on the main slate. No total has seen a bigger increase than that game between the Seahawks and Raiders. And their quarterbacks are cheap. You know, Russell Wilson, 5,700. We saw him have a big game last week against the uh, Rams, and their play calling was definitely a lot more open in that game. Uh, I'm certainly not expecting Brian Schottenheimer to all of a sudden have seen the error in his ways and let Russell just do Russell things. But I think that they have to at least incorporate some more of that stuff moving forward. And Derek Carr definitely burned me last week, but I still think at 5,100, that's just too cheap for him. So uh, I like Carr for sure at 5,100. I think that, you know, his big game potential is is very nice at at that kind of low salary. You want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week. And it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer, trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. And as always, that is the preferred method to get access to SquadQL. Listen to the Week five on the daily for some of my pro tips on using SquadQL. Good stuff as always, Anthony. Let's move on to running backs. And we have to start with Todd Gurley. He's been priced up to 10,000 on DraftKings, which makes him roughly 2K more than the next most expensive running back. Um, That said, it's hard to argue against it. He's got nine touchdowns through the first five weeks. He's exceeded salary-based expectations in every single game and has posted an average plus-minus of plus 5.03. So, Jones, as I've anointed you the uh, the Rams guy on this podcast, I'm going to kick it to you first. What do you do with Todd Gurley at 10K? I mean, realistically, like, I don't know how you don't play him, especially if Cup and Woods are out. Like, I just feel – not Woods, uh, Cup and Cooks are out. I just feel like his – he already has an unbelievable touchdown expectation every week. And it's just going to keep going up. Like if other guys who may score like Cooper cup, who sees an insane amount of red zone usage, like if he's out, then I feel like Gurley is even like more of a smash than he already is. So I don't know that I can get there in cash. I'm going to, going to try my darndest and hopefully you guys have some value that I can uh, sprinkle in there. But I don't know how you just like outright fade him even at that price. Amico. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you how I'm outright fading Todd Gurley oh, this week. No. <laughs> um, I, well, first of all, I think that those Rams guys are going to end up playing. I mean, Cup and Cooks both participated in practice today. But like my reasoning sounded good, right? 
No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the the idea that they would see an increased target share is definitely reasonable. Although I'm not sure that like the overall quality of their offense is nearly as good without those guys, and you're sacrificing a lot of that TD equity if they're not moving the ball as well. Um, Don't worry, like Reynolds is there. It's fine. Yeah, uh, you are true. You are right about that. Um, it, it's just too expensive to me. And like, if he wasn't going to carry ownership, if like the 10K price tag, I thought would scare a lot of people away, I would I would play him. And I would play him in volume because you know that he has the highest ceiling on the slate. But I feel like Melvin Gordon has a pretty similar ceiling for like 2K less and will carry similar ownership. So like I'd rather just play Melvin Gordon. Um, I also would just like players like that, even if they're going to give you like the raw points, probably aren't going to produce like point per salary wise and like to win tournaments you really need to to hit on a couple guys on like huge, huge games in terms of like points per salary. So like, I don't love like having a guy like early in my lineup and then feeling like I need like half of the rest of my lineup to really crush. I'd rather just, I'd rather just save the, I'd rather just save the money, you know? So I, I'm just going to not play him. Yeah. So to put some numbers to that, Amico, I looked it up in the labs trends database. There have been 29 running backs with a salary of, between 9,500 and 10,500. Um, those players have averaged a plus minus of negative 3.71, a consistency rating of just 31%, and an ownership, average ownership of 27.1%. So I agree with everything you said. Like Todd Gurley has the highest ceiling on the slate. He could potentially crush and just leave most of the field drawing dead if you don't have him. But I think it's just such a juicy fade spot in tournaments. Like at 10K, he needs to do so much to be a tournament winner. And he could definitely do it, but it's certainly not a given. And I would just much rather play the Rams passing side. I think that's a really nice way to get leverage off of Gurley and just hope that he only scores once this week instead of three times. Yeah. How many many DraftKings points does Todd Gurley have to score this week for you to be drawing dead? It has to be over 30, right? Yeah, 35, 40. So, like, I, I feel like I'm going to take my chances. Jones, did we, did we sway you at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is the best like, because the, you know how this is going to end. Like, right, Jones he's going to play, play him in the, the three, three man. man and he's going <laughs> to crush. No, the, the only thing that I'll say to all of that is he has 40 red zone opportunities this year. 40. That can't be true. He's had 32 attempts, rushing attempts in the red zone, and eight targets in the red zone. That um, you're saying that like it's a negative? That's a, that's a no, lot. That's I, a I, lot. Okay, I was gonna say cause that's that is a ton. That's that a is lot. A, that is, uh, I believe, a call the crap load. <laughs> um. All right, let's uh, let's go on to Joe Mixon. He's projected for the most ownership on the slate right now. He's 7,500 and gets a, a matchup against Pittsburgh. Amico, what do you what are your thoughts on Mixon? I know you're not really a Mixon guy, but it does seem like a particularly uh, nice salary to potentially get him at. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Jonesy, cover your ears here. Really good fan to play this week, Joe Mixon. Um, <laughs> on DraftKings, you know, he's more expensive than guys like Zeke. Um, I'm not really sure I love that as much, but you know, still obviously a really good play. No geo, so you're going to see a ton of usage for Mixon. Uh, last week, he had 22 carries, and uh, he had four targets, and that was only playing 47 out of 60 snaps. I think there's definitely potential, you know, now two weeks removed from, uh, well, I should say one more week after being cleared, that he could see, you know, closer to like 90-plus percent of the snaps. Then we're talking about like a real nice play. I mean, we expect it to be a scoring environment. The total in this game is over 50. Um I mentioned the other day on Twitter that, you know, Joe Hayden has done a really good job of taking away AJ Green. So I think that that does, um, you know, naturally funnel more targets to like the other players in the offense, Tyler Boyd, CJ Zoma, uh, and of course, Joe Mixon. So I, you know, I like Mixon. I think he's a good play this week. I'm not sure that he's like a cash lock. Like I don't, I don't really agree with him being the highest owned player on the slate. Uh, maybe that'll change. I think that there are better plays that we'll talk about, but uh, definitely a very good play. Yeah, and the thing that's interesting with Mixon is that 
the Bengals were trailing virtually the whole game. So yeah. against Miami, that is. So like if this game script is better against Pittsburgh and they are uh, slight favorites at the moment, he could be in line for like a really big workload. So I'm definitely interested in mixing. Um, Jonesy, what are your what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I guess we're just gonna keep like zigging and zagging each other. But I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch him in a GPP. I'm gonna play another guy on his team, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Ooh, yeah, See, I, I like this that, Jones. That's like a green ETs right there. Yeah. <laughs> and after this, the Subway Press Take Hotline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after this, I'll tell you the Bengals player that is going to break DraftKings. Like <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> Um, all right, let's stick in this high price range. Amico, you, you mentioned that there are some other running backs you like better than Mixon. Why don't you hit me with a couple of them? I mean, I love Ezekiel Elliott this week at 7K. I think the uh, matchup, the dynamic pricing of DraftKings is quite frankly out of control at this point. I mean, we have Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, who is a, a, a lock, I would say, to see at least 15 carries. Uh, he is averaging a lot more targets this season than last season. He had seven catches last week against Houston in what was a low-scoring game. I mean, I don't think – I think that Ezekiel Elliott has one of the, the five highest floors in fantasy at the running back, you know, cheaper than I've ever seen him. So I'm going to keep playing him. Um, I see that his ownership is not projected to be terribly high on labs, but I think for me he's a cash lock because I don't buy – I'm not really buying Jacksonville a ton this year – on defense in terms of stuff on the run. Like it's not like, I think he, I feel like even last year they were a little leaky at times against the run game. Um, but the fact that Elliot is catching so many passes, like he's going to get, he's going to get halfway there in the passing game alone. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, to, to go off of that, no one at labs is projected for a higher uh, plus minus at this point, which is, you know, uh, projected points minus expected points. So no one at labs is expected to exceed their salary by more at the running back position than Zeke this week. Um, so I do think that that's a pretty sharp take. Um, Jonesy, what about you? Any other running backs in this high to mid range that you're sort of uh, considering? Yeah, I just want to keep piling on with Zeke. Like he has the most targets in Dallas and they don't have anybody to throw to. Like it's, it's ridiculous that he's $7,000. So I will definitely be there with you uh, on that one. Finally, we can find some, uh, some Kumbaya here again. Um, <laughs> I don't want I don't, it. <laughs> are we considering like 6,400 in this price range too? Cause sure. we talk about like TJ Eldon for a minute too, on the other side of that game. Um, I, like why not? Right. Like he's going to be super popular. Um, but I just, I don't know like Corey Grant's gone Fournette's gone. Like what, what other, what but other they signed Jamal Charles Jones. Oh, sh- I didn't realize that. Well, hold on. <laughs> I got I to redo these projections real quick. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, you, you have to find, I would think that you would have to find yourself at some point looking at Yeldon, at least considering him. Um, but yeah, Zeke is like just a complete, he's a cash lock. Like I'll play him over mix in a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, I'm definitely more interested in the Yeldon side of that matchup for cash games just because I personally think Dallas is a fraud and that Jacksonville is going to blow their doors off this week. But More um, catches. Exactly, yeah. So I just think that Yeldon's in for a, a pretty nice workload. So I'll save the money with Yeldon and play him in cash. Like I, I think that that's a strong play. You can definitely make a, uh argument that he'll be over-owned for GPPs, but... I think as far as cash games go, Yeldon is a is a strong play, just like Zeke is. Like I think you can very easily play both running backs in that game. Um, all right, Jones, who are some other maybe cheaper options that you're considering for uh, GPPs? Um, well, I mean, last time we did this, I got yelled at. Is like under six thousand cheap yes, enough? Or, yes, okay. yes. I just want to make sure I'm not breaking any of the. You're rules in charge there. now, man. I'm just here to keep the flow moving and losing <laughs> the three man every week. Um, yeah, I mean, just a shade under 6,000. I think we need to maybe start paying attention to DJ a little bit again. Um, again, the Gillespie oh, app really I'm likes touting him. DJ now. Well, well yeah, now it's, now it's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually hoping that LaMarca would go to me first. Cause I knew you were going to probably say it. And I wanted to say it first <laughs> Zeke for me. So I had much more information about Zeke. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the the matchup is what it is. I just think for fifty nine hundred, there's there's not a ton of ways that he doesn't get there, um, whether it's through the air or on the ground. So I will be having some DJ and GPPs this week. What's his ceiling though? You know what I'm saying? Like he scored twice against San Francisco last week in a game that was, you know, theirs. You know, they that was might be one of their only wins this whole season. And he still managed just 21.1 DK points. I know that's fine at his current salary, but like, does he have much more ceiling than that this week against Minnesota? Cause I really can't see it. Amico. Well, I mean, if he starts catching more passes, that's really the, okay. But is really he the out? <laughs> like, I hope so. He's had I mean, he's been a lot or less each of the last three weeks, uh, four weeks. Yeah. I mean, again, like because they're so slow paced, it's like the target share is there, but the raw targets aren't. So it's uh he's not a guy I love in tournaments. He's a guy I think is more cash viable because he's he really has displayed a pretty decent floor this year. He has the one six point game, but other than that, 21, 19, 16, 17, uh, you know, you can get by on that at, at his price in cash games. So uh I think he's cash viable, but I am actually probably not playing him in tournaments this week. Um the guys that I do like in tournaments, I mean I love Tevin Coleman. 5,400. I, I really don't think Devontae Freeman's playing this week. So, yeah, he's popping in my model as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, if Freeman is out, he'll become the chalk, though. Yeah. So, if we're if we're looking at strictly tournament plays, I really like Tariq Cohen this week. Uh, he was the cover boy for my uh, stacking piece at Labs. Um, I just really like the potential usage. I think that people are discounting how well you know, he was deployed in week four against Tampa. Um, and it was a blowout, but the thing is that Tariq Cohen was the lead back from the get go in the first quarter. He out touched Howard. Uh, he had more opportunities than Howard five to one second quarter, 13 to three. It really wasn't until the fourth quarter that Howard, uh, you know, had more opportunities than Tariq. And of course that was when the game was a complete blowout and they were trying to get out of there with the win. So, uh, I, I think it's really possible that after the buy they've, made it a, a, a focused effort to get him the ball in space and use him in more ways. Uh, the Dolphins have allowed a bunch of uh, targets and catches this week, uh, this year, sorry, to running backs. So I really like this spot uh, for Tariq Cohen, and I, I don't think anyone's really going to play him. So I think, uh, you know, and a nice, uh, a nice stack correlation play with the Bears D. <laughs> yeah, I like Cohen, uh, and I love Tevin Coleman. I mean, it, again, if Freeman is out, Coleman's going to probably be the highest owned RB on the slate, given the matchup, um, which I'm fine with. Like, I, I feel like that would still be a situation where I'm fine with playing him. I also think Edo Smith could be a little bit sneaky. Sure. Like he's, he's more involved than you think, especially when Freeman hasn't played this season and he's only 3,100. Like he probably has no ceiling, but if you need like a complete punt for a cash game, 3,100, I think you could do a lot worse than Ito Smith. Um, I will throw out as one of my favorite GPP, GPP plays this week as Naheem Hines. The The Colts are just so banged up right now. You know, T.Y. Hilton already ruled out. Jack Doyle probably not going to play, which makes Hines arguably the focal point of their offense. Last week against the Patriots, he had 15 carries and nine targets out of the backfield. Um, he only piled up 90 total yards, but still scored 16 DK points given all of his work in the passing game. So I think his ceiling is is pretty massive at just 5,100. Like if he can continue to be active in, as a receiver and a runner and maybe find the end zone once or twice, like 5,100, he could be a, a GPP winner. Like I'm, I'm all over Naheem Hines this week. Yeah, especially if Ebron doesn't play. Right. I mean, it's... Like I said, the Colts are just so banged up that they really aren't going to have much of a choice but to give Hines a huge workload. Uh, any other running backs you guys want to mention, or can we move on to wide receivers? I'll save my uh, I'll save my other running back for the end of the show. All right. Well, before what if we... I told you? <laughs> what if I told you the best running back on this slate <laughs> is actually a quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we move on to wide receivers, let's talk about my bookie. Watching football is fun, but it's obviously more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Uh, me and Amico can attest to that 
you guys, you've heard about me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you have to be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay, pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn 100 into $600. It's that easy. There's so much to bet on right now. You've got playoff baseball, hockey, primetime fights, and you know me, NBA is right around the corner, so I'm getting excited for that. Uh, but my my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. They've been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. My bookie is still matching your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you got to join now because that offer will be coming off the table soon. So log into my bookie and double your money. Use the promo code ROTOVIZ, and you'll get your first deposit matched up to 100%. Again, that's promo code ROTOVIZ. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, wide receiver. Guys, it's Julio Jones week. He's projected for 31 to 40% ownership. Anthony, tell me why I should not be automatically fading him at that price. Fading him? Yes. Oh, I'm not fading Julio this week. Come on. I just feel like I just feel like every time I play him and it's chalk, it blows up in my face. No. Well, when was oh, well, the last Julio chalk week? <laughs> Listen, this is what I will say. Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> yeah, stop. First of all, stop living on that old stuff. Um, Julio still has not scored a touchdown. Facts. So, I mean, my like my gambling dumb brain is like, oh well, he's obviously due to score like six touchdowns in this game. Gambler's fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he uh, kind of is due. No. <laughs> 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 the the thing for me honestly is just the cost like at 7900 it's a lot harder for him to kill you like if he has like just a like a, a 25 or 28 point game which he's done already this year just on you know yards and catches and the bonus like you're still in it so like i don't think that julio is a guy that kills you this week so i'm going the other way on this i am all in on julio he will probably be in all my lineups because this Tampa Bay defense is just, they're the worst. Like, they are not good, confirmed. They're, they're terrible. They're first in, in plus-minus allowed to quarterbacks. Um, third in plus-minus allowed to wide receivers. Julio, your boy, is the league leader in uh, weighted opportunity rating, combination of targets and air yards. Like, he is just, he's in a, a nut spot. And, like, it's really weird to me that, like, everyone else in this game is priced up a little bit because of the matchup, and he's not. I, I just, I can't get away. I'm going to play him in cash. I'll probably play him in all my lineups. I just don't, I, I just, I have to play him here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's projected for the fourth highest plus minus at the wide receiver position. And the fact that he's 7,900 does take a lot of the bust potential off the table. So I hear 100% what you're saying. Um, Jones, you have anything you'd like to add on on Mr. Julio? I mean, he scored 53.8 DraftKings points last year on this team, and it's arguably a worse defense now. So, just... 53.8 DraftKings points. Yeah. That that happened. I was there. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a couple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably won't full fade him, but 31 to 40 percent ownership, man. That is a lot of ownership to carry. Yeah, but if you just go 100%, then it doesn't matter. Right, you're still overweight. I have the tweet already saved in my drafts, like when the regression hits, and it's just like something exploding. Oh, man, the fact that you guys are so confident makes me want to fade him even more. It's not even that I'm confident. I just, I want it to happen. Like, I'm a Julio fan. I Like, I want Julio to be good. I want Julio to score, like, 20 touchdowns in a season with both his middle fingers up and just tell fantasy Twitter <laughs> to fuck off. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> I mean, I want... I was advocating for him as the number two fantasy receiver this season. So I'm right there with you. I just think eventually. Are you though? Are you? N- not yeah. anymore. I'm a big fan. Big fan. I, tr- I try to keep an open mind and evaluate my ah, takes as the season goes on. I will say the fact that he's only $600 more than Calvin Ridley is pretty ridiculous. So, uh, all right, Jones, your boy, Adam Thielen. Seems like he finally might be getting the respect that he deserves. 
Uh, are you playing him again this week against the Arizona Cardinals? I know. Can you believe it? People are actually going to play Adam Thielen this week after he's just gotten like, I don't know, no fewer than like a dozen targets every week. Like, I don't understand why this wasn't a thing the whole season. Like, we saw what he did last year, and people are just like, eh, I don't know, Diggs is really good, and maybe they'll throw it a real – no, it's like – it's Adam Thielen. Give me a break. Adam Thielen is going to mash every single week because he's Adam Thielen. The price is a little – little like it's finally caught up to what he's actually supposed – like what he's actually doing, so it's a little concerning, but I don't know. I, I, I just feel like the the – concentration of targets there and the floor that he gives you is is pretty top-notch for a wide receiver amico thoughts on adam thielen yeah i mean he's fine like i i just think he's too expensive i don't love the matchup from a pace perspective because arizona is like the not low pace matchup um can i tell you who i do like rip it 10 targets or more every single game uh 30 target market share Another stud under 8K, it's DeAndre Hopkins, 7,700 against Buffalo. Um, I do not care about Tredavious White. I hope none of, no members of his family listens to this podcast. But, I mean, he's just 15th in Pro Football Focus's coverage grade at corner. So, like, he's really good. But he's not someone that I'm just not going to play DeAndre Hopkins for. Um, and White has only shadowed one opposing whiteout so far to start the year. Um, you know, Will Fuller is still there. I don't think that this is like a spot where you say like, hey, like, let's just leave ourselves exposed against Will Fuller. Like, I kind of just think White plays a side in this game. And, uh, I mean, Hopkins is awesome. Like, he's he's been good every week. He has targets every week. Like, I'm just going to take – I'm going to take the sub 8K volume, like, very similar to how I feel about Julio. Um, you know, and I think my goal for this week in cash games is to play both Julio and Hopkins because I think you're getting, you know – over 20 targets for less than 16,000 or sorry, less than uh, yeah, less than 16,000 at the receiver position. And uh, I think that's quite delicious. I love Deandre Hopkins. Uh, he, he's just awesome. You know, like, and if we love Deshaun Watson, we should love Deandre Hopkins. So I, I, his ownership, I think will be much more palatable, which I mean, he's like a perfect pivot off of Julio in my opinion, but I totally agree that you can play both in cash games and, and, Put yourself in a really nice position at the receiver position. Um, all right, let's move down the pricing spectrum a little bit. It looks like one of the chalk options is going to be Kiki Kuti, or Kuti, I should say. He's projected for 21 to 25% ownership. Uh, Amico, are you buying him as a legit fantasy producer? I mean, I think that he's, I think that the usage has been really good. I mean, the last two weeks, he's gotten, I want to say, 26% of the targets. Um, so he's, you know, getting a lot more work than Will Fuller has, but you know, part of that, it's obviously that Fuller's been banged up. I'm not really sure that like, I totally buy it. Um, and I don't really think that the, the pass volume necessarily is going to be high in this game. Like I know that Hopkins is going to, I feel like Hopkins always gets his, but past that, like, I'm not positive how much throwing Houston's going to be doing. And I don't know, like, I, I just don't think that he's necessary, I guess would be like the best way to say it because, like if Hopkins was more expensive, if he was like eighty two hundred, um, you know, then I'd be like, okay, like I'm just gonna take the savings for the target share and I'm gonna take QT. But like I'm not gonna play two Houston receivers in cash, and I'd rather have Hopkins. And in tournaments, like QT is gonna be owned, so I'm probably just not gonna play him. Jonesy, yeah, I'm not gonna play him. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. Like it just seems super thin. Like there's so many ways that he fails that <clears throat> I would just rather not have to do that. And I feel like, I don't know, I, it's just not something that I'm interested in this week. I mean, I don't think there's a ton of ways that he fails, in my opinion. Like, he he does get work. Uh, I mean, even if he doesn't score last week, he still has, you know, over double-digit fantasy points. And that's really all that you need at 4,600, but... I don't think his ceiling is big enough that I want to play him. in. Right. That's what I mean by like, I mean like letting you down in a GPP, like he could easily just put up the same number that he did last week. And at that ownership, he's not doing anything for you. Okay. Well then, yes, I guess we're in agreement there. I think you can play him in cash games if you need the savings. But to me, he doesn't have the ceiling that 
warrants him being like over 20% owns in, in GPPs, which he probably will be. Uh, all right, let's get some other receiver takes. Uh, Jonesy, who are some other guys that you're looking at? Can we just talk about real quick, like the better um, pivot off of Julio, which is yeah. AJ Green? Rip it. AJ Green. $100 more. I love me some AJ Green this week. He always shows up against uh, Pittsburgh. He averages 20, point, 20 plus PPR points at home against the Steelers. Um, yeah, he's third in red zone targets per game. He's 10th in Whopper. Like he's, I, I feel like it's a little going a little bit over or under the radar this year, how well um, AJ Green has been playing. So I'm going to, I'm going to play some AJ Green this week. Yeah. He's not exactly like a target monster. You know, now that they have Tyler Boyd, he's only gotten to 10 targets once, but he's still as good a big play threat as there is. And you mentioned the red zone work. So I agree. I think AJ Green is an excellent play considering the game environment between the Bengals and Steelers and the fact that he's going to, you know, not carry a ton of ownership. Yeah. Has not had a, a 10 point or more DraftKings game against Joe Hayden since 2014. Is Joe Hayden still Joe Hayden? I mean, he was Joe Hayden the last time they played, and he shut him down. I'm not scared of Joe Hayden. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Defenses don't matter. So I just want to – oh, my gosh. <laughs> you had to weave that in there. Uh, Miko, who are some guys you are looking at? Yeah, I mean, like – it's a it's a good it's a good receiver board this week for me. Um, you know, I really like Tyler Boyd for the reason that I mentioned of the aforementioned Joe Hayden. Like, I think that's just going to push more targets inside. Um, you know, and we don't really see a salary increase from Boyd from last week. He's only six K, so uh, I'm in on that. Uh, Corey Davis, fifty eight hundred target monster in uh, Tennessee, so I'm in on that. And uh, all the way down. All the or, or can we are we going low price plays here? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay, at 4K, love Antonio Callaway this week. Huge fan. Uh, Rashard Higgins is out. That was kind of like the one guy that was maybe going to take some snaps away from Callaway. So last week, you know, Callaway only played 55 of 80 snaps, only saw five targets, but saw nine targets the week before that, ten the week before that. So uh, definitely a preferred target of Baker Mayfield. We saw that pan out in the preseason. Um, so I think that Callaway is going to see a lot of usage there for 4K. Um, so for me, he's like a cash option. Yeah, like, I think he's got much more ceiling than a guy like QT. So Totally agree. Because he gets targets down the field. Right. Yeah. I like that call. The guy in tournaments that I like, I'll start with some trivia. Who do you think has played the most snaps at receiver for Tampa this year after Mike Evans? Uh, Chris Godwin. It is not Chris Godwin. Adam Humphreys. It is Adam Humphreys. 3,200 on DraftKings. Uh, Assuming that OJ Howard doesn't play, which, I mean, he did practice with a brace on, so maybe he will. But if OJ Howard is out, you know the people are going to flock to Cameron Braid at 3,700. I think that Humphreys is a really excellent pivot. You know, they have, uh, you know, they're used in similar areas of the field. Brian Poole. The slot corner for Atlanta is certainly the best matchup. We've seen slot wide receivers really crush Atlanta this year, particularly Tyler Boyd um, a couple weeks ago. So I really like the spot for Humphreys. I think he's a really nice GPP play, like a 1% guy that can get you exposure to the best game of the week. That is a legit like one percenter. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw it out. Amari Cooper on even weeks this season. <laughs> In week two, he went for uh, 10 receptions and a buck 16. In week four, eight receptions, 128, and a touchdown. I'm will, fully on board with this. I will remind you that week six is an even week. This is true. So, uh, yeah, hashtag analytics. Yeah, I mean, if you if anybody here listening now has listened to Bogey Free, they know that I'm a big proponent of pattern math. So Amari Cooper is... <laughs> is really, really popping in the pattern math model this week. <laughs> Amico's literally like rolling over over there. <laughs> My brain hurts. It always works in golf. Like it's miscut top seven, miscut top 12. Like it always works out. So everything's fine. Well, if yeah. it works in golf. Yeah, then it has to. Like yeah, I mean, when I think of sports, I cannot think of any two sports more alike than football and golf. 
let's let's pipe down. All right, let's let's <laughs> take it easy on the golf hate. All right. Also, you can't play him, but can I just say that Larry Fitzgerald is priced at forty five hundred? Yeah, it's crazy, right? What a world, man! What it's going to be great when they have like a, a sweet matchup and he's finally healthy. I can't wait. He's he's one of my all time favorites. He's Shout outs to Larry Fitz. All right, before we move on to tight end, I want to remind you guys to get in on our listeners league again this week. We're upping it to thirty five people, five dollar mm-hmm. league. We're going to pay out the top five spots. Uh, if you think you can take us down, now is your chance to prove it. Check out our Twitter feeds at Matt Lamarca, at Amixta, at Matt Jones TFR to find the link. Seats will fill up fast, especially once they hear that I am essentially paying the rake. So make sure to check out uh, those that link as soon as possible. Uh, Jonesy and Amico, you guys had solid showings last week, but ultimately finished just outside the cash range. Uh, I unsurprisingly was in the bottom third once again. I, I mean, I was I like 18, Derek so I don't know. I, I was cashing at one point, but yeah. The uh, as of right now, we have we have three entrants here. It's me, Amixta, and our last week's winner. So Lamarca still is not is still not in. So he might not. Get it. <laughs> I mean, we just created it like today, right? Give me give me a break. All yeah, right, let's move sorry. on to tight end, which is one of the weirdest uh, slates that we'll see all season at the tight end position. No Travis Kelsey, no Rob Gronkowski, no uh, no Zach Ertz. So the three you know guys that we typically look at at the top of the pricing spectrum are not available on the main slate. So with that in mind, are you looking at any of these expensive tight ends this week? You know, Jared Cook has had some big games. Um, Eric Ebron has had some big games, although he is questionable. Uh, Jordan Reed is also priced above 5K, but I'm still not entirely sure why. So, are you looking at either of those guy, either of those three options this week for either cash games or GPPs, Amico? Uh, it's a no for me, dog. Um, I mean, I just think that Ebron, like a banged up Ebron against Jamal Adams, does nothing for me. Uh, I don't think it's a bad spot for Jordan Reed. I just don't think that we have to go there. Like, I think there's a lot of really good plays at the bottom part of the salary table. And, uh, I mean, I can't tell you what happened, what Jared Cook is going to do on U.S. soil. I certainly am not going to try to predict what he does overseas. (laughs) Yeah, Jared Cook is, like, maybe the widest range of outcomes player in the entire NFL. Yep. No one one follows up an eight-catch, 110-yard, two-touchdown game with four catches and 20 yards, quite like Jared Cook. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's just so true. Uh, Jonesy, any of these higher price guys appealing to you? No, I mean, if, if you're talking about like the actually good tight ends, then I will consider paying up for them, but I'm definitely not paying up for like Jared, Jared Cook is just a joke. He, he did manage to, uh, to beat the week one split though, and have a good game after week one this year. So maybe he's moving in the right direction. I love Jared Cook. You're 10. Jared Cook is everything I'm about in life. (laughs) Just show up when people don't expect it, and then when they're counting on you, just break their hearts. (laughs) That's the Matt LaMarca model right there. Um, All right, let's let's talk some of the chalkier options. Cameron Braid, Amico, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, If O.J. Howard is not able to play, he will likely be the chalk at 3,700. Uh, Austin Hooper is also coming off of a pretty big game. He didn't find the end zone, but had a bunch of catches um, and is obviously taking place in that high-scoring Atlanta-Tampa game. And then CJ Uzama. Uzama. Uzama? I like yeah. Uzama better. Yeah, I like that too. We should talk to him about that. Um, is this like a Tyrod, Tyrod thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he played a bunch of snaps last week, didn't exactly have the uh, receiving volume you might be looking for, but... He's cheap at 3K. All three of those guys are popping as sort of the highest owned options of the week with Breit standing out in his own tier. Um, who do you like out of those three the best? And what are your thoughts on them in general, Jones? Um, I don't know. It's it's becoming harder and harder to sort of like, especially on a week like this, like eating the chalk at tight end just seems like something I don't feel like doing anymore. Like, I don't think that the I'm really like looking for touchdowns here. And I don't think that like any of those guys touchdowns expectation is like enough to warrant the ownership 
like that we're getting them at. So I just feel like I probably I'll probably play Brayton Cash, but I don't know. I, I don't think I'm gonna really touch these guys in GPPs. There's there's a few guys that I like a lot more uh, when it comes to tournaments. So I don't know. I guess I'll kind of be staying away from them. Amico. Yeah, I mean, I think that if OJ Howard does not play, we have to be really interested in Cameron Brait. I mean, I, I think that this is a guy who is a is a preferred target for Jameis Winston. Like, I don't think that this is. I think this is a lot different than, um, you know, maybe some of the other tight end chalk. Like, we have, we do have like some precedent here on like Brait being a useful player for for Jameis. You know, and uh, like for me, I think that he has looked for Braid a ton in the red zone. Uh, if you look at just kind of like what they did last year, uh, obviously Howard was like not as big of a factor then. So maybe it's a little bit different. But if Howard's out, I feel like we just go like right back to that. Um, and then we have, you know, a guy in Braid who's going to see really good usage inside of the red zone, uh, really good usage overall. So I kind of think he's the best play if Howard is out. If Howard does play, even if it's in like a limited fashion, uh, I think I like Uzuma the best. I mean, he, I'm going right back to that Steelers matchup. The same reason I played Hooper last week. I mean, the Steelers are just bleeding points to opposing tight ends this year. Um, you know, by far the best plus minus, you know, the, the, or I guess you should say the worst plus minus against opposing tight ends. Um, so I, I just feel like he's a good play at 3K. Like, I, it's it's safe. He does have scoring upside because it's a scoring environment and uh, not necessarily the, the chalk. So though those are probably my two preferred spots in that range. Yeah, I like Uzuma the best for sure. Um, I think Cameron Brait has definitely got some bust potential this week at 3,700. Like, he's just not involved enough in the passing game that you're going to need him to score, I think, you know? And I get that he has scored quite a bit, especially with Jameis at quarterback, but I just don't like that he jumped from 2,600 all the way to 3,700 in one week and is going to be the chalk. Like, those are concerning factors for me. Another great play on FanDuel is only 4,600 there, just saying. <laughs> um, what is this FanDuel you keep talking about? What is that? Is that, a, is that an up-and-coming DFS site? <laughs> All I know is that I rake there, so I'm fine. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk some more under the radar plays. Jones, you said you had a couple that you liked better, so why don't you hit us with them? Well, I mean it. I mean it didn't quite work out exactly the way that I had hoped last week, but I I think the target share was enough that I'm going to keep going back to David and Joku. Like over the next, I think it's four or five weeks up until they're by, they're basically facing like the like just bottom half tight end defenses every single week. I'm just going to keep playing them. I I'll pivot off of Brait to Njoku for a hundred dollars more at like a third of the ownership every single time in GPPs. So I'm definitely going to have some Njoku. I think that you could probably uh, maybe get there with some Vance McDonald. Um, I think he has a pretty high ceiling again in that game. And I, I missed out of course on Hooper even though I played him like every week up until last week, of course. Um, so I'll probably go back there. So he'll probably put up like, a, you know, two target for 17 yard game again. Um, but yeah, so those, those are the three that I'm really probably going to like focus in on. Um, I think the prices are right. And I think the, the ownership is decent there. Yeah. I can get behind Njoku in a GPP, but like 3,800 is just too much for me to play 11 targets in cash. Game. I don't, I don't Baker care. Loves them. It's too much for cash games. Not nah, bro. He loves Galloway. Um, and I, I totally agree on Vance McDonald. I think this is an awesome buyback spot. You know, his, his salary has come down by $300. He just burned a ton of people and he's playing in essentially the same game environment. So, I'm a fan. Uh, I know that, again, Pittsburgh on the road is scary for a lot of people, but I think this is an excellent spot to try and buy back on Vance. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts on some of these guys? I kind of I can get down a little bit with some Ryan Griffin. Oh, uh, had, that was going to be my Millie Maker play. I love Ryan Griffin this week. Yeah, I mean, he had nine targets last week. Uh, low teens target share on the year, which 
isn't like incredibly high, but for a min price tight end, it's really good. And uh, I think kind of like any given week, he can give you like a touchdown or he can give you like five or six catches and that like smashes salary. So I think he's a good option. Um, I like a lot about a bunch of these guys like under three K. I mean, I think that if you're feeling especially dangerous, Nick Vanette is going to be a good play. Like he was actually used last week, uh, filling in a tight end for Will Disley four targets. Uh, we know pretty much anyone that plays with Russell Wilson has big playability, has the ability to score. Um, the one guy that I, I am not playing is I don't think I'm playing Eric Swoop if Ebron is out. Like, I could see Ebron being out and Swoop becoming like a, 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 a what do you call it, a chalk play. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to avoid Jamal Adams at all costs. I think that makes sense. Uh, one guy that I think is interesting is Greg Olson. He's going to play this week. He's priced at just 4300 which is like super cheap. I mean, he's outside of the top 10 in terms of tight end salary. And we already mentioned that a lot of the good tight ends aren't even playing on this slate. So I, I think Olsen at 4300 is in an interesting spot. Like, obviously, he's there's a chance that he's somewhat limited or at least eased back in, you know, given that it's his first game back from injury. But I just think that his ceiling is pretty huge. And he's going to be virtually unowned. So I think Greg Olson is an interesting uh, tournament play. Sure. All right, defense time. Uh, guys, just give me your thoughts on on defenses. Who do you like this week? Who maybe is an under-the-radar team that you're looking at? Amico, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I like Buffalo. I pretty much always like the defense that's playing against Houston. Uh, Buffalo, like you mentioned before, has actually been pretty good this year. They've recorded at least two sacks in every game. Um, their last three games, they've recorded uh, at least six DK points over 12 twice. Uh, they're only 2200 just $200 over the minimum. So I think that, um, you know, if you're just trying to, like, lock in a couple sacks and get yourself, like, six points kind of guaranteed in a, in, a, in a decent matchup, I think Buffalo is your, uh, your defensive choice for, like, a cash game. Jonesy. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in on Buffalo too for like the the cheap option. Um I think Chicago also makes a bunch of sense. Um they can obviously by they I mean Khalil Mack can get can get after the quarterback. <laughs> so like he's always going to be good for, you know, uh a, a, maybe a sack, maybe a strip sack, maybe they run it back. So I think that Chicago even though they're in Miami, um makes a bit of sense too there as as a low owned option. Yeah, I'm really surprised they're still just 3300. Yeah. You know like uh, again, I, it's not a great situation being on the road and only a moderate favorite, but their defense has just been the best in the league this season. So yep. I think you know, they've like, had four sacks, at least four sacks in every game. So. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely in on Chicago, and I think if you want to go a little cheaper, I think you can look at Cleveland. Um, I, I really like targeting, you know, the team that is at home against the West coast team coming East. So I think that they're going to be, you know, an under the radar option at just 2,600, but I think you can play them, you know, definitely in tournaments. Yeah. Just to, uh, I just want to dab up on Chicago a little bit more because, uh, you know, the dolphins are second in opponent plus minus allowed to uh, DSTs. And they are 24th in adjusted sack rate allowed, while Chicago is first in defensive line adjusted sack rate. So really kind of like a – outside of the fact that they're on the road, it's kind of like a nut spot. Yeah. Let's go Chicago. Agreed. Um, all right, Millie Maker time. I already uh, gave mine up, but I'm not changing. I'm going with Ryan Griffin at 2500 Like, it's just so cheap for, for a, t- a tight end that's as involved in the offense – as he is, I think it's a great spot against Buffalo. I think he can get us, you know, five-plus catches, 50-plus yards, and a touchdown. And at 2,500 uh, 2, salary, that's, you know, amazing value. So I love Ryan Griffin this week. Uh, Jonesy, you kind of teased yours earlier, so why don't you hit us with it? All right. I'm going to go with my good friend Carlos Hyde at 4,900. Uh, Labs has him for two to four percent, so I'm I'm in the uh, I'm in the bubble there. I think he's going to score two touchdowns, and I think the Browns are going to win the game. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of Hyde. I mean, he continues to be the guy, you know. So. He's had he's had nine rushes inside the five this year, which is the second most in the league. So Tasty. we'll we'll take that. Amico, Millie Maker play. Uh I mean, I'm gonna go right back to uh Adam Humphreys. I mean, I think that's my guy. Like a, a stone one percent play in a great spot. I uh I'm gonna ride this out. That I mean fair. It's definitely a 1% play, and I agree. Like It's it's the best game environment of the week. So I think anytime you can find somebody who's involved at that low in ownership in that type of game, it's definitely a play worth considering. All right, bold call time. Amico, I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, gosh. You always let me go first on the one I hate. Um, <laughs> uh, bold call this week. Julio Jones, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Let's get it. Oh, you could have just said one touchdown and that would be a bull call for some people. <laughs> Two. The regression hits. Nice. I like it. Jonesy. John Brown is going to drop a 30 burger this weekend. Wow. I just I need to I need to say something because this is I had to look on like multiple sources just to make sure that I got this right. He has three fewer targets than Michael Crabtree so far this year. And he has 453 more air yards. <laughs> he has the same amount of air yards as DeAndre Hopkins this year. Yeah, last week, was, targets. last week was the first time that he failed to uh, return value on his salary. But he had 14 targets, which was a season high. So, yeah, I, I, I think that John Brown is a nice play. I like that call a lot. Uh, I'm going to the Jaguars. I think that they beat the Cowboys by 30 points. Um, I don't know what that means for their fantasy purposes. You know, I, it probably means that most of their skill players are in play, but I think that Dallas is just a huge fraud and that Jacksonville is going to expose them. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of on the daily. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And remember to check out our special listeners league to try and take down me, Anthony and Jonesy. For Anthony and Matt, I'm Matt LaMarca. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.